0: Albion has finally hired their new offensive and defensive coordinator. Kyrie Irving got traded and it broke the NBA. What is happening with all these Memphis Grizzlies stories? Should the Pro Bowl format be changed? And which coordinator in the small market South will make the biggest impact? All of this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host Jacob Solomon at Jake's Take Podcast at so 14 Joining me as always is my co-host Christy.
1: Hi.
0: And you can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore Sport underscore Happy Week before Super Bowl. I don't think that's an official thing, but we're <laughs> making it a thing.
1: I think it's a good thing to make official. I feel like it's super exciting. It's not super big like in my hometown if like I I guess my team here would be the Washington Commanders, so things aren't too exciting around here, but I'm excited.
0: No, especially because the Commanders are the sworn enemy <laughs> of a team in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, my dad always says, like ever since they built that new stadium, things went downhill and they just need to blow it up.
0: Uh, well, tell that to Dan <laughs> Snyder. But speaking yeah. of Super Bowl, obviously on Friday's episode, you gave a shout out to someone from your hometown and we've got some exciting news in regards to that.
1: Yeah. So I actually sent Nazi Johnson the podcast the episode we talked about him and he reached back out and he thanked us and said he appreciates it and he started following me, so hopefully he will listen to more.
0: I think that's terrific. So obviously, you know, our hometown connections are, you know, on display in the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, for my hometown, we've got Kadarius Tony, who plays wide receiver. And we've also got Lamichael Pirine, who, while he's on the practice squad, he still was a big part of the team. And just, you know, being in the locker room. So those three guys obviously mean a lot. So mm-hmm. even though most of Alabama Nation is going to be rooting for the Eagles, for Jalen, Smitty, Landon, and Josh Job, you know, we are rooting for these three young men who are not only showing out, but also living out their purpose and getting a chance to live their dreams.
1: Yeah, it's really cool just to drive around here and see all the businesses. They've started to make signs and hang them up. So I hope he sees all that. I know people are tagging him, and I hope he feels the love.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, a few years ago when the 49ers were in the Super Bowl, I actually went to the same high school that Jimmy Warren and Mm Jaquiski Tart went to. And in our sign in front of our school, they actually had a shout-out to the two of them. And that definitely meant a lot. So, I mean, with this, you know, everyone should be excited if these players are looking back at their roots and seeing how it shaped them and helped them grow as a person.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it just doesn't happen often, especially like I'm from a super small town. I think the last person we had that played in the NFL was Kelly Washington. Do you remember that name?
0: Oh, that's a name that I've not heard in a while.
1: (laughs) He played not at the same high school as me, but like a high school in our county, and that was a big deal. So that was the last time we have had something like this.
0: Uh, Well, I think that is very exciting. But on to our first point with the Super Bowl approaching We have that grand value, that great value, whatever you want to call it, the Pro Bowl.
1: (laughs) The Walmart version of the Super Bowl. (laughs) So first and foremost, should the format
0: for the Pro Bowl be changed? Short answer, yes. Long answer, what took you all so long and why are you keeping trying to change it?
1: Yeah, and I feel like I love like all the skills stuff and the games and like it's so fun. And then to end it with these flag football games that I feel like no one wanted to watch. You had Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson there. Like, it was just very weird.
0: I feel like it's become more of a show. You Mm -hmm. know, it used to be such an honor to be recognized as a pro bowler. And obviously, you know, Alabama had so many players there. Mm -hmm. You know, Marlon Humphrey was there. Minka was there. Josh Jacobs. Just to name a few, and with this, it's like you can't even really take it seriously anymore.
1: No, and I feel like the stuff that the NFL is putting out and saying is make it, making it even more of a joke. Because they said they changed to flag football instead of tackling because the tackling was turning the fans off of watching it. And like, I don't know one fan that says, "No, turn it into flag football." We weren't watching it to begin with. No, (laughs) no, that's so true. There
0: are literally memes from the past 10 years since I was, you know, fully obsessing over NFL football since I was 16. And it would be that dog who is excited, and it's when you realize football's on, when you realize it's the Pro Bowl, and it's that dog squinting or scrunching his face. That's how we feel because it's not fun. You know, we want to see things that are fun, and then they try to do this whole draft thing where it was, you know, Dion versus Jerry Rice or Dion versus Chris Carter. It's not working, you know. Find it for it to go back to a game where it was fun to play in, and it was exciting because you got recognition of, I made a Pro Bowl, that's an honor. Now it's the Tyler Huntley is the quarterback. <laughs> Who even is this guy?
1: Yeah, and I feel like if you're not even going to go back to the format that it was, it, you know, being such an honor, I feel like just maybe take that whole part away. I think people watch the skills portion. I know I do. I think it's fun. And make some other kind of end event that would be way more exciting to watch.
0: I mean, I have to agree. I mean, looking at it compared to the NBA All-Star Game weekend, you know, they have steel showdowns where they have the three point contest, they have the dunk contest, and then they have the actual game. And then they also included this new thing where players who are invited to what they call the Rising Stars Challenge, and you have players who are a rookie or in their sophomore season in the NBA and they get to play against other coveted young players. Those are all so cool. And then they do it in different cities where they have basketball teams. The Pro Bowl now is, hey, here's Matt Leiner throwing a football to a guy who's going on a zip line.
1: Yeah, I feel like what you were describing for the NBA kind of sounds like the hockey, the NHL All-Star game. I actually went to one. It was a while ago, but it was kind of the same thing. I mean, you had all the greats like Ovechkin was there. That's the one that really stands out. But I mean, they're doing all these cool tricks and then they actually play a game and it's just enjoyable and people want to watch it.
0: I think with this right now, the NFL is just trying to show that they can be a bigger brand. But now, even though they have this brand and this mentality, they are losing fans. Yeah. When it comes to the pro bowl and I mean, you know, it's great that some people are watching it, but now it's become so based on, you know, different demographics. And very soon, you know, it's going to be recycling demographics.
1: Yeah. And I feel like some of the players weren't, I guess, following the rules. You could say we all saw Jalen Ramsey.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it was funny to see Trayvon Diggs pick off his brother.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was fun.
0: Um, and also shout out to, you know, Aiden Diggs for getting a hot dog from Jalen Ramsey <laughs> and then proceeding to say that Jalen Ramsey is better at serving hot dogs and playing football.
1: Yeah, but see, that has nothing to do with the game. Like we were watching the things that weren't even happening in the game.
0: Oh, no, that was just stuff I saw on TikTok. <laughs> but speaking of craziness in sports... We have a very big news break. And no, Tom Brady did not unretire again, but he did post a really weird thirst trap on Twitter. And I think we just need to give him some time to get this together because this is weird. Anyway, with this, Kyrie Irving has been traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. Basically, the best way to put it, the trade broke the NBA. When this happened yesterday, it had been confirmed that. Kyrie Irving wanted to be out of the Brooklyn Nets. And there were all these potential teams coming up, such as the Lakers, the Mavericks, I think the Suns, and even someone tried to say the Pelicans, which I obviously said no to. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yesterday afternoon, Woz drops a bomb and says, Kyrie's going to the Mavericks, and the Mavericks are trading three future picks plus two players and they're going to get Kyrie Irving and obviously with the Mavs being in the same division as the Pelicans I got upset Mm -hmm. then I thought you know this actually isn't too bad here's why this player is 30 years old Dallas gave up their future to get someone to play with Luca he's in the final year of his contract and he has so much baggage he was going through the whole anti-vax stuff anti-Semitism stuff he literally is a flat earther like it's just there's so much baggage with this guy I don't think either team won the trade because not only did one team give up their whole future for a 30 year old who has had so much baggage but that team that they traded with got a player that they just
1: got rid of yeah, and I saw that LeBron was kind of upset, and he kind of wanted him to come to the Lakers, but, you know, I don't know too much about basketball, so how often does this happen where there's such a big trade like this in the middle of the season? Because I feel like it doesn't happen that often in football. I mean, we do see it. Like, we saw in McCaffrey be traded. That was huge. But I feel like with basketball, people are moving so much.
0: Well, when it comes to basketball, you can kind of see some trades happening. And this is the week of the trade deadline. So this is where teams who want to be contenders and want to make the playoffs will try and make moves. But it's not as rare. I mean, last year with the Pelicans, they made a trade to get CJ McCollum, but they didn't give up too, too much to get him. It wasn't a giant blockbuster trade. Or a few years ago when, the Lakers traded away basically their whole future to the Pelicans to get Anthony Davis. So sometimes it can happen. Sometimes it can't happen, but these trades will happen because players just don't want to be a part of that franchise anymore. So it's a different energy level, I guess is the best way to say it. But no one was expecting a trade this big. You were expecting a bench player for a bench player.
1: Yeah. I just feel, I don't know. I find it super odd. I guess like coming from a football standpoint, like players have somewhat of a loyalty to their team, at least stay there one season and try it out.
0: I mean, that was the thing though too, is that with Kyrie, he was so set on going to Brooklyn and he teamed up with Kevin Durant in 2019. And, they never accomplished that much. Right. It was kind of crazy insane because these are two of the best players. They could not coexist. Mm. And that's the thing about it is that basketball is a team sport. Right. There were some times where you would put LeBron James around a bunch of not as talented people and he'd be okay. But when you put him around Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, he was, you know, Perfect, or when you put him around Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, he was fine. So it's one of those things where basketball is a team sport, but everyone wants to be the star.
1: Yeah, I definitely see that. And I don't know, it's just it's a weird dynamic for me. I can't wrap my head around it.
0: I feel like you'll get used to it more. I mean, basketball is one of those things where you kind of have to grasp it over time and I think partially this is kind of my fault because I have forced you to pay more attention to basketball and <laughs> I made you pay attention at one of the weirdest times ever.
1: You have. And I also just can't get past the drama and how whiny some of these adult men oh, are. Oh, it's
0: so bad.
1: <laughs> like I can't.
0: <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, LeBron will cry for uh, a foul. Um, Jokic will cry for a foul. So many players cry for fouls. It's so annoying
1: it like you are being paid so much money just go play
0: I don't know why they do it I've never figured it out basketball was one of my first laws and I still never understand players who complain to the refs I mean they will show the player crying to the ref it's really obnoxious
1: yeah I feel like that's why I'm having trouble watching it
0: (laughs) Uh, I understand that but speaking of drama let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies (laughs) So they've had a rough couple of weeks. And part of that is because Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell got into a fight and it ended with Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell being ejected. And Donovan Mitchell saying in a press conference that, oh, he's been like this for years when we've gone against each other. So that's, you know, one point for immaturity there. Next up, we've got reports today that John Morant and his friends We're playing with a laser pointer and distracting that into Indiana Pacer fan and personnel and shooting in their eyes. Immaturity point number two. They're now on a three-game losing streak, and they're two and eight in the last 10 games. Another instance was when Shannon Sharp, beloved athlete, Hall of Famer analyst, was at a game against the Lakers. A Pelicans player, also named Dylan Brooks, (laughs) yelled at him. Immaturity point number three. And then, speaking of immaturity, Stephen A. Smith. That's right, Stephen A. Smith, one of the most well-known and well-documented analysts, said this immaturity might cause Memphis a chance at a title. So I know that we've talked about drama. Memphis is filled with drama.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it. maybe you can get away with it if you're winning games and doing well. I mean, they've won some, but they're not on a good track.
0: <laughs> no, and the thing about this, too, is that they're in the same division as the Pelicans, as in their rivals. But remember, we've talked about this before. When Ja was interviewed a few months ago, and they had asked him, is there any team you can compete with in the West? And he said, no, it's just us it seems that everything is stemming from this because they just want to play and have fun and right now the league is just getting annoyed
1: yeah and I feel like all of those things that you just mentioned that they were doing are things that my third grade class gets in trouble for (laughs) like
0: as we've talked about recently (laughs) we've seen a lot more trends with Players acting like Christie's third graders (laughs) rather than acting like the age that they are of us.
1: Yeah, so maybe I'll pay more attention and take basketball more seriously when they act like adult human beings.
0: Well, I also know that with it, too, is that we all have kids at heart. But I've seen highlights, too, where kids are going to go after their favorite players and hit the (laughs) gritty or do the ice in my vein. And at first, it's cute. And then you realize that it's kind of annoying because they're just watching the highlights. They're not watching their game. They're just watching, oh, I hit a three-pointer. I've got ice in my vein. And this is a kid who grew up getting everything he wanted. Like, there's no ice in your vein.
1: No. I mean, try getting a line of 24 kids to walk down the hallway without doing the gritty. It's impossible.
0: Oh, man. I, I cannot <laughs> unsee that now.
1: It's, yeah, the things that you just don't realize, like, how much kids do watch these athletes. And I feel like somebody needs to sit them down and explain that to them.
0: When I was younger, one athlete I would watch a lot was Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was always one of my favorite basketball players And the one thing I took away from him was how calm, composed, quiet, and intense he was. And that's kind of how I tried to follow my mantra. Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant was like that too. And then LeBron came around and everyone's like, LeBron's my favorite player. And then it got annoying.
1: Yeah. No, I feel like you picked some good role models and I think we need more.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, we all can't be Sean Alexander. Shout out to Sean Alexander. (laughs) But moving on to a topic that you're actually very familiar with, we've got a lot of NFL coordinators kind of going all over the place. So what are your thoughts about all these recent changes?
1: Okay, so I know I'm relating a lot of things to my job tonight. But before we start, I let me just say, if I was not doing my job, I would not get traded to another school and see if I fit and did well there. I feel like that's what's happening. Like, College, NFL, doesn't matter. Like These coaches are being shuffled around. They have a bad season. They just get to go somewhere else. At what point do we just let these coaches go and not hire them somewhere else?
0: That's the thing is that when it comes to hiring in the NFL, it comes down to schemes and fits. Mm -hmm. and It's as if no one really learns their lesson. I mean, it's kind of that idea of one man's trash is another man's treasure. But I mean I like the ahero yeah, fire to the Panthers.
1: That's the only one I wrote down as a positive. And so I mean we have Joe Woods to the Saints for defensive coordinator. He was fired from the Browns. They were ranked 31st under him. So how does that pan out to one another team wanting him?
0: Well, the reason why that this hiring worked is is because he and Dennis Allen worked huh. together in the Raiders almost 10 years ago. Right. Granted, Dennis Allen is Dennis Allen, and I don't trust him with most stuff because, you know, he didn't do well in his first year. Right. So with it, there was this philosophy that I believe Dennis Allen and Chris Richard, who is the co-defensive coordinator, just didn't get along – and they wanted to have one defensive coordinator and, but still have Dennis Allen call the place. Mm-hmm. Dennis Allen is a fantastic defensive coordinator. I don't mind that. But I agree with you. You know, you don't go back to someone who was really fired and say, okay, yeah, this is going to be our new head coach. Cause it's not only really an upgrade, it's more like a lateral move.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of these are. And I just, I don't know. I guess. We have to give it a season and see how it goes.
0: Or if you're a fan, give it three games and then be mad.
1: (laughs) And then be complaining.
0: I mean, another hire, too, Ryan Nielsen to the Falcons. He was the co-defensive coordinator from the Saints. Right.
1: Now, he had, I feel like, a better track record. I think they were, like, second in the NFL in sacks. So, I mean, maybe a little bit more skill. Yeah,
0: but you also have to think about the players he had in that Saints team. You know, you had Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew. The Falcons don't have any of those players.
1: They don't. But remember, we were almost looking at them to win their division this year. That's
0: true. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot about that.
1: So I wouldn't count them out yet.
0: I wouldn't either. But speaking of coordinators, I was looking through NFL.com to see about other coordinator candidates. Todd Munkin, you said be on the lookout for that.
1: Yeah. So I know the Ravens actually have a second interview coming up with him for offensive coordinator. And I don't know. I just I feel like it's going to be a loss for Georgia, obviously, to let him go. But I I feel like it's time, and I can actually see him working with the Ravens.
0: I mean, I, he would be working with a much better quarterback.
1: Yeah. So I just saw another story about that too with Lamar Jackson. Did you see that story?
0: I did not. What was going on there? So
1: the he obviously wants more money, and there's like a hundred thousand dollar difference that the Ravens are willing to pay, and what he oh my gosh for so. I'm not sure that we're going to see Lamar there.
0: Well, that's definitely an interesting one. Other notable offensive coordinators or other coordinators who have been picked up, Michael Floor, who's going to the Los Angeles Rams. You know, he's going to work with his old friend, Sean McVay. Because once again, everyone wants to have a coach who worked for Sean McVay. <laughs> Ryan Flores going to the Minnesota Vikings.
1: I did see that, and I didn't see that one coming, actually.
0: I didn't either, but I'm very impressed with that. I mean, he was a great Mm -hmm. defensive coach for the Patriots. He was – alls was defensive coordinator for a while, for I think one or two years, but he was the inside linebackers coach, the safeties coach, and that was a really good secondary.
1: Yeah, he's kind of been almost at every coaching position. So I feel like this was a good move for the Vikings.
0: But I think with this, you know, we'll definitely have to be on the lookout for more of these coaching moves. Do you think there are any that have, like, surprised you recently or made you kind of say, wow, you know, that's a big splash or, okay, why would y'all do that?
1: Actually, it was a hero of arrow. I thought for sure he was going to stay with the Broncos, especially with Sean Payton there. I, I don't know. I thought that they had talked and he said he was going to stay there. So I was surprised to see him go to the Panthers.
0: Well, I mean, you know, maybe it was something that he wanted to try new. But I also think that with it, you know, it comes down to how schemes are going to work. Now, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, they have already hired Zach Streef as their O-line coach. Now, Zach Streef was actually drafted by Sean Payton, which mm-hmm. kind of makes it kind of funny. But then it makes me wonder... What could happen with offensive coordinator? Because they've already introduced Sean Payton earlier today.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's going to be kind of—I don't know—Sean Payton's first like big move to decide what he does with those vacancies.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, looking at it right now, I mean, the only ones that are on the roster are Sean Payton and Zach Strief right my coaching so they'll have to figure out really what's going on there but we shall just have to speak but oh, see but speaking of new coordinators Alabama had hired new coordinators finally and it was very underwhelming
1: yeah there was nobody that we have been talking about for like a month now
0: we literally had given so many different names and Alabama winning the complete reverse opposite <laughs> direction, you name it. I, I, I don't know what to think. What are your thoughts about this whole thing?
1: So I feel like I can get behind Tommy Reese, especially because I know that he's going to run the ball. And that's he what, wants to run the ball. Yes, that's what we were missing this last season.
0: So a little background there. Alabama is going to start a brand new quarterback. So, what does Nick Saban like to do when you're breaking in a new quarterback? He likes to run the ball.
1: And I feel like if we're going with Jalen Milroe, which I think he is, we're going to have to run the ball. Not that Jalen can't throw. I just feel like his pass game needs to improve, and it's not what we're used to seeing from an Alabama quarterback.
0: Well, think about 2015 with Jacob Coker. You know, he wasn't – Brought on to be the quarterback. And he was a sweeper, But that offense ran through Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Lane Kiffin had set it up to feature Jacob Coker's you know, arm and get the ball to O.J. Howard or Calvin Wrigley. Whereas the year before, it was just third to Amari Cooper. Right. And then over time, our offenses were adjusted. We don't need the RPO. We don't need anything like this for Jalen Milrow, we can suit it to his strengths Mm -hmm. and he's like Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. So I think with this, it's also going to be very good. Number one, number two, he brings back the element of using the tight ends because sometimes we forget we have a tight end.
1: Yeah, no, I think Tommy Reese has a, he can build a pretty physical and a well balanced offense. And I think, That's what Bama needs to stay in the top, really.
0: I have to agree there. So I think with it, you know, at first, it's not the most exciting hire. It's not a big splash, but it's a hire that works. And he's a young guy. He's only 30.
1: No, I think he's super moldable. I think he fits exactly the profile of coaches that Nick Saban is able to kind of mold and then send off to their own head coach
0: somewhere. And I mean, you know, he was kept around by Notre Dame after Marcus Freeman was hired. But I think with it too, you know, it was just time. And yeah, you know, he's always gonna love Notre Dame, which is mm-hmm. great. But I think he was ready for his next challenge. Now he does come in and inherits a really solid group of right. players with Jace McQuallan, Jermaine Burton, Jaquari Brooks, and really good offensive line. Yes. But now it comes down to what plays are they going to run? Because they have to tailor this to Milrow or Ty Simpson. He actually recruited Ty Simpson to play at Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of cool that they do already have a relationship. And I think, especially with the first or the number one recruiting class, I know we're not going to see them all play right away. I just feel like this was a good year for him to come.
0: No, absolutely. So I'm excited about that. One other coordinator that we got is Kevin.
1: Yeah. Um, this is the rented defensive coordinator, and it's our turn to rent him.
0: So this is actually going to be Kevin Steele's third time coaching at Alabama. Reggie Ragland, who's one of my all-time favorite Alabama players, was giving him nothing but high remarks and how he was able to develop him into a great linebacker. I love that. Yeah. It's Kevin. It's Kevin's deal.
1: Yeah. And it's just one of those things again, like how many times do you either have to come back to the same school or play at another school and people still want you and for what?
0: Well, I mean, this also just reminds me of what we did after Jeremy Pruitt got hired because then we went internal
1: and got Tosh Mm -hmm. and
0: then we went internal and promoted Pete.
1: Yeah, and I feel like just nothing to show for those years. Now, I don't know. There's been people that have tried to make the claim that it's going to work. Like, it's Nick Saban. He can make anything work. Even even Lane Kiffin. I know I sent you that earlier. He said something like Nick Saban recruited the first recruiting class with no offensive or defensive coordinator. So he Yeah, I don't know that. how he did that. Yeah, I don't either. So maybe it's true. Maybe he's going to work a miracle.
0: I mean, the reason I still have a little bit of hope is that with it, Nick Saban is still going to run the coverages, and he's going to run the whole team and stuff, and Kevin Seale is just going to communicate it.
1: Right.
0: However, you know, we have talented players, but I just do not want to see Dallas Turner drop into coverage on third (laughs) down.
1: And it just makes me wonder, I know that Kevin Steele was not the first guy on their list. So it makes me wonder, who was, who did they actually talk to, and what went wrong? Well, it looks like
0: they talked to Jeremy.
1: Right, it does. And I guess the NCAA is just saying, no, you're not allowed to hire him.
0: It's because Jeremy Pruitt won't drop his buyout clause. And mm-hmm. I don't think Nick wants to make him drop his buyout clause right. so he can come back.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. But I feel like Kevin probably wasn't even second under Jeremy. There had to be somebody. There else.
0: had to be. And I mean, I think it was just something where they realized, hey, it's February. And eight days coming up, so we need right. a defensive coordinator. But if that was the case, then, you know, we could have promoted Freddie mm-hmm. or brought back Charlie Strong in mean, here. I can literally pull <laughs> up our Alabama coaching staff and see, you know, who's on here. But it's just a little concerning because it makes you think, well, what led to this? Right. So, I mean, here, looking at their, you know, personnel, when it comes to coaching, you know, they still have Chavez, Robinson. They still have Freddie Roach. They had that new coordinator from Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they also had Coleman Hutzler. So... I could have seen them, you know, promote any of those guys, especially because, you know, Freddie's been in the program for four years and he went to Alabama.
1: I am just really hoping that Nick Saban knows something we don't know and he's going to make us eat our words.
0: I really hope so, too. I mean, also, we could have just, you know, promoted Sal Censeri back to his old position.
1: Yeah, literally, any of them, pick one.
0: (laughs) So with it, it's definitely, you know, a little harder. It looks like we're still going to run a 4-3 defense and still have a pro style offense but don't be surprised if we try and mix those up but yeah I mean I give the higher I I give it a c plus b minus
1: yeah and that's Tommy Reese carrying that
0: yeah I mean you know who knows we've got a lot of great players returning Kool-Aid's coming back Dallas Turner's coming back you know we've got a lot of young players who are ready to play Maybe HaHa being the player personnel director will help us out.
1: That is true. I kind of forgot that he was going to be there. So I could see that.
0: And that's the other thing, too, is that HaHa has worked with Kevin Steele before. Mm -hmm. So I think that should help. But, yeah, I mean, I do agree. It was very surprising to see. Uh And also, here's the thing, though, too. Kevin Steele was the director of player personnel when HaHa was at Alabama.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like a role reversal thing. and
0: It's definitely think, a role reversal for sure.
1: Like you said, as long as they don't give Kevin Steele like, complete control, I think we're going to be okay.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be fine. But obviously, you know, we're so used to being spoiled, it just kind yeah. of happens sometimes. But I think we'll be fine. But Will we we'll doesn't that during the summer and early fall but that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take as always thank you so much for all the love and support we couldn't have done this without y'all you can find me on Instagram Twitter Facebook TikTok at Jake Take, at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal Instagram Jake's still 14. You can find christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero as always this is sponsored by variety sports network your home for all things sports in different forms and variety and exciting news! Jake's take merch is now available Yay. under Christie's link tree on Variety Sports Bonfire. More on that in future episodes. <laughs> Surprise with <of> that, Christy. <laughs> um And as always, you know we are so grateful for everything y'all have done. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. You can find this on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. And as always, this time of year is a little bit harder. So be sure to bring kindness, spread happiness, be the best version of you you can be, continue to be a light in this world. We have a lot going on that needs our help. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.
1: Bye.